some of the things that Jimmy Stewart wrote about or mentioned in an interview that he had in Guideposts magazine. He says that when Frank Capra told him about the movie, he sounded a little embarrassed. Jimmy Stewart said he seemed a little embarrassed about what he was going to say. He said, the story starts in heaven and it's sort of the Lord telling somebody to go down to earth because there's a fellow who's in trouble and this heavenly being goes to a small town. And then he swallowed and took a deep breath. Well, what it boils down to is this fellow who thinks he's a failure in life jumps off a bridge. I jumped up, Jimmy Stewart says, and said, Frank, if you want to do a picture about a guy who jumps off a bridge and an angel named Clarence who hasn't won his wings yet coming down to save him, well, I'm your man. So it had a very uh, (laughs) happy and excited start to the filming of the movie. And Philip Van Doren Stern started all of this, this movie, which has become such a a universal symbol of Christmas and the goodness of people. It's exciting to see how that happened. We'll recognize most of those names associated with the classic holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart and Frank Capra, most especially, and even Clarence. But there was one name we may not know, and that's Philip Van Dorn Stern. Mary Beth Voda has just suggested that Stern started it all. Mary Beth Voda is a writer who lives here in Wyalusing, Pennsylvania, and Philip Van Dorn Stern was a writer who, as it happens, was born in Wyalusing. And among the books he authored was The Greatest Gift, And it turns out that the greatest gift is the story that became the basis for the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. When we think of the film, we have images in our minds of Bedford Falls, which is modeled, we're told, on Seneca Falls, New York. But Mary Beth Voda wanted to know where Wyalusing fits in. Mary Beth Voda is a retired English teacher, author of the book From Shoebox to Saltbox, and regular contributor to magazines like American History and Susquehanna Life. You may have heard her series Uncommon Women of the Commonwealth here on WVIA. Articles she has prepared on Philip Van Doren Stern and his story featured in Endless Mountains magazine and Happenings and she paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk with us about what she's discovered before free screenings of It's a Wonderful Life at the Dietrich Theater in Tonkanic. We began with her memories of the movie. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I'm sure it was on television in the 1970s because it came out in 1946, but at that time, movies were not shown on television that frequently. When the copyright ran out on the movie, it became available then to everyone. And uh, so television stations began showing it over and over and over again. It was repeated through the 70s and the 80s. I think now NBC holds the copyright to it currently. But I, I know that with our children, who are now adults and grown, we watched it at home fairly regularly, and we watch it every year. I mean, I'm sure I can tell you every line of dialogue that's in the movie. I know it that well, but there's something about it that makes Christmas without it just not seem right. You are someone who's almost like a detective. How is it that you got on to this story? 
I think it probably was in 2004 in December when Dave Keeler, the publisher at the uh, Wyalusing Rocket newspaper in Wyalusing, where I live, did a very extensive story on it with mostly help from the internet and from Carol Brutzman, who is sort of a history buff in our area. She provided some information that she had discovered about the fact that Philip Van Doren Stern was the writer of the original story, and he was born in Wyalusing, Pennsylvania. The fact that that little town, which had 525 people in it in 1900 when he was born, and currently has about 500 people in it, just the fact that he was born in Wyalusing intrigued me. And so I tucked that away and thought, someday I would like to find out more about that. There is this movie we all at least know of it if we don't embrace it every year. It's a Wonderful Life. What's the connection to the original story? Philip Van Doren Stern was a man who had a dream in the late 1930s. He was living in New Jersey, and according to his daughter and granddaughters, he had a dream one night about a man who was at the end of his rope, so to speak. And Philip Van Doren Stern was a historian and writer. He was a graduate of Rutgers University in New Jersey. He had written mostly historical books, wrote about Abraham Lincoln and other Civil War-themed books. They were all nonfiction, but he had this dream about a man at the end of his rope, and he decided he just had to write that down. He had to write that story. It was just something tugging at him. And he said he wrote it, but because he was not a fiction writer, it was not any good. He knew it was not any good, so he had to work on that. He had to perfect it. He had to keep writing it over and over. And so he did such a thing and then tried to get it published, and nobody was interested in it. And what did he call it? He called it The Greatest Gift. It was about a man named George Pratt, who was desperate and one night leaned over a bridge, ready to throw himself into the icy water. And the story begins this way. The little town straggling up the hill was bright with colored Christmas lights, but George Pratt did not see them. He was leaning over the railing of the iron bridge, staring moodily at the black water. The current eddied and swirled like liquid glass, and occasionally a bit of ice, detached from the shore, would go gliding downstream to be swallowed up in the shadows under the bridge. The water looked paralyzingly cold. George wondered how long a man could stay alive in it. The glassy blackness had a strange, hypnotic effect on him. He leaned still farther over the railing. There's a 1996 reprint of this story, and in it there are some black-and-white illustrations. And just after that passage... There's an illustration of a man in a top coat, leaning over a bridge, looking down at black icy water with swirls painted in the picture. It's just as we would expect it to look based on the movie It's a Wonderful Life that everyone seems to know. What sense of place do we get in his original story, or is it a place of the author's imagination, or some of both? It, it's some of both, actually. The man says he works in a bank. He has a wife, Mary, and some children. Uh, he lives in this small village, but he doesn't see his life going anywhere. He's just desperate, internally, apparently, struggling. 
with the way his life has or has not gone. When you read the original story then, did your eyes get wide and say, this feels an awful lot like maybe not Seneca Falls, maybe there's something Wyalusing-like or (laughs) Tunkhannock-like here? I, I don't know that that happened to me. There are some changes in the movie from the story, but the movie is based on the story fairly accurately. I, I don't know about Wyalusing. Frank Capra, the director of the movie, seemed to think that Seneca Falls, New York, was the model that he liked and, and based the filming of the movie on. A uh, small town, a bridge looks very much like, from what I understand, it looks very much like the bridge in the movie. And so Frank Capra apparently was on his way from New York City where he was asking an actress, Jean Arthur, to play the lead in the movie. That's the story that that has been written that I have read about. And he was traveling through Seneca Falls. That's documented that he was there. And it seems as if that's where he got the inspiration for the sets. What do we know about the family and how long the author was actually in Wyalusing? Not a great deal. Um, We do know that Philip Van Doren Stern's father was a merchant of Bavarian descent. We do know that his mother had trained as a nurse in Philadelphia. Now, Philip Van Doren Stern was born September 10, 1900. His parents had married the year prior, and the reason that they were in Wyalusing, which is what intrigued me a great deal, was that his mother... Mrs. Stern had met people when she was working as a nurse in Philadelphia, met people from Wyalusing. She had made friends with them. And when the time came for her to have her child, she wanted to be near her friends in Wyalusing. That's, to me, just remarkable. So that's why they were in Wyalusing. Apparently, they stayed there for some time of Philip's infancy. Dave Keeler has been able to help me with a little bit of information about the doctor who delivered Philip Van Doren Stern. His name was John Chamberlain, and he lived in the borough of Wyalusing. I discovered that when I went to the Wyalusing Museum and looked up some historical information about doctors who were listed on a listing of 1900. And John Chamberlain's name is one of six, actually, Six doctors were listed as doctors on on this Wyalusing list of residents. So the family was in Wyalusing because Mrs. Stern wanted to be near friends. The baby was born. They lived there for some time. Her husband, as I said, was a traveling salesman. Eventually, the family moved to Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, and they lived in what was then called the Graham Hotel, which is today the Prince Hotel, which is right prominently situated in the downtown of Tunkhannock. They lived there for a short time during Philip's early infancy and childhood. And then they moved back to New Jersey where he was raised, went to Rutgers University, was a scholar, was a historian, and eventually wrote the story, The Greatest Gift. 
Now, the fact is that you were able to reach out to family of his. Well, when I decided that now that I'm retired from full-time work, I have a little more time to pursue some research and some, some projects that I've been interested in. And as I said, reading Dave Keeler's article in 2004 was something that was always in the back of my mind as a project I'd like to start. So for some reason, I got online and started looking up information because of the obituary, which was published in the uh, New York Times when Philip Van Doren Stern died. There were names of his children listed and grandchildren. And so I discovered that his daughter, his only child, Marguerite, was herself a scholar and was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I wrote her a letter. I think I even found a phone number and I called, left a message. One of his granddaughters lives in New Jersey and is very involved with the literacy program in the state of New Jersey. And so her information was available. So I made a phone call, left a message, wrote a letter. I pursued that and two months passed, easily two months, when nothing, I received no information. And I thought, well, I guess I'm not ever going to hear from them. And then I wasn't sure about pursuing this further. But then one night I came home and on the answering machine was Perrine Robinson Geller, one of his granddaughters, apologizing for taking so long to get back to me. But that's where this project then took roots. Did you get to meet her? Did you talk by phone? And what did you learn? Well, yes, we did talk by phone. I told her that I was often in New Jersey because I have friends and family there. And after she told me a few things and heard what I was going to do or wanted to do, I asked her if we could meet sometime in person. And she agreed very graciously. She told me why her family was in Wyalusing. But my husband and I then drove into New Jersey. We met her. She gave me two beautiful photographs of her grandfather as an infant, one in his mother's arms, which are just lovely. And she told me about the fact that he was a very thoughtful man who liked to sit at his desk and think and ponder things. She said he was very interested in dreams. That just fascinated him. And when that dream appeared, it prompted him to write his story down. More and more, the pieces were coming together. They were. And finding out why they were in our little town of Wyalusing was the one question that I had always been so curious about. And, um, and I was delighted that she was so forthcoming. What will you do with the information you've been gathering? I've been doing some writing for various publications. We have a magazine in Bradford County, Endless Mountains Magazine, for which I've been writing a number of stories all about local, interesting people doing interesting things is what I'm writing about. And the Dietrich Theater? They have been showing It's a Wonderful Life, and they offer it to the community free as a thank you. Erica Rogler, the executive director at the Dietrich Theater, said that it's their way to give back to the community, which has supported them so much over the years at various times. And so the Dietrich has a website where you can check to see when that will be offered to the community. And it's open to everybody. We've had people from the Dietrich, Hilde Morgan, for example, in past years inviting people to attend the screenings and always saying ultimately 
that people in and around Tunkhannock have some sense that Tunkhannock is Bedford Falls. So much in terms of the sense of community and caring resonates with the town in the movie. Well, Erica Rogler echoes that by saying that for that one day and evening, Tunkhannock becomes Bedford Falls. <laughs> and by the way, when the story was written, in 1938, roughly, and over the next few years, as uh, Philip Van Doren Stern developed it, he couldn't get any publisher interested in publishing it. So in 1943, he had 200 copies made and put them in Christmas cards. And his daughter has written that she was eight years old at the time, and she remembers delivering these Christmas cards to friends and to her school teachers. And so the man who will be in Seneca Falls has two of those originals, the cards and the stories. And somehow, some way, Frank Capra got a copy of that over the years. And he found it just after World War II. He had been in the Army and he had made films for the Army during World War II. Jimmy Stewart, who was the second choice to star in it, Cary Grant was the first choice, but was not available apparently. Jimmy Stewart was just out of the Air Force and had been in combat during World War II. And Frank Capra called Jimmy Stewart up and told him that he wanted him, he said, we have to make this movie. And both of them were described as being war-weary. Jimmy Stewart wasn't sure he even wanted to continue making films. After what he had seen and experienced in World War II, filmmaking seemed somewhat frivolous to him. So when he read the script... He said, we have to do this. It was almost as if at that time in their lives, something this redeeming of human nature was just what they needed. Even though the movie itself was not a, a success and there were no Oscars awarded, I've read that the movie came out in 1946 and the world and the country was war weary and did not want to see movies that were sad in any way. Uh, even though this has a redeeming conclusion, people were interested in something much lighter. And so it was not until later that the value of it, as people saw it over and over again, was seemingly developed. What does your work tell you about our area? Oh, I think it, it celebrates, number one, small-town America. The fact that Mrs. Stern wanted to be in Wyalusing with her friends just really exemplifies the kind of people who are still there, even after 117 years. It's a very small community, as many are in our northeastern Pennsylvania area, who support each other, who will do things for you, who are um, friends and celebrate the worth of the human because they're interested in you and in helping I'm not suggesting that the Susquehanna and the bridge in Tunkhannock is anything to do with the bridge in the story, but I wonder if as you pass over the bridge over the Susquehanna and then you come to the intersection where the hotel is, I'm sure you can't help but have all this come together. Oh, I certainly do. And uh, th there's a, a rather large bridge. And while Lusing has the Rainbow Bridge, Laceyville has a bridge. We have our bridges because we have the Susquehanna. But crossing the Rainbow Bridge kind of reminds me of the um, picture in the book 
And yeah, you, you just, you see reminders everywhere. And it is so fitting that the Stern family lived across the street from what is now the Dietrich Theater. Yeah, how curious that is. Uh, yes, it gets curiouser and curiouser, I think. <laughs> what would you like to leave us with? Well, Marguerite Stern Robinson, Philip Van Doren Stern's daughter, said, The greatest gift is as compelling today as it was 50 years ago because in this little story lies a powerful message about the significance of the lives of all of us. As for its author, Philip Van Doren Stern, she borrows a line from Harry Bailey, a character in the movie, when he speaks about his brother, George, and he says he was the richest man in town. And, and what makes us rich is not physical things or money. It's the family, the friends, which takes us right back to Wyalusing. <laughs> Author Mary Beth Voda, independent historian of Wyalusing in Bradford County, speaking with us about Philip Van Dorn Stern. Van Dorn Stern was a writer and a historian who was born in Wyalusing and who went on to write The Greatest Gift, the story on which the movie It's a Wonderful Life is based. And she wanted to make sure we knew about the annual tradition at the Dietrich Theater in Tonkanic, across the street from where the Stern family lived for a time in the hotel across the street from the Dietrich Theater. The Dietrich will continue its history of free showings of the classic film It's a Wonderful Life. This tradition at the Dietrich has been in place since the theater reopened in 2001. It's a time to express gratitude to the community that helped rescue the hometown Dietrich Theater and continues to support it. So that's the Dietrich Theater in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania, free showings of It's a Wonderful Life. And for more information on the web, dietrichtheater.com, D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H, dietrichtheater.com, the Dietrich Theater, 60 East Tioga Street in Tunkhannock. Thanks to Mary Beth Voda, we spoke with her in 2020 about the movie It's a Wonderful Life and the connection to our region through Philip Van Dorn Stern. And the movie screening is actually tomorrow. The annual tradition continues tomorrow, and that's Wednesday, December 21st. There are screenings at 2 in the afternoon and then evening performances at 7 and 8 p.m. So 2, 7, and 8 at the Dietrich Theater, 60 East Tioga Street in Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. And the showings are free, free admission, popcorn and soda to boot. And seating is first come, first served. And you can enjoy one of the three free showings. You can attend them all. This classic holiday film directed by Frank Capra, starring James Stewart and Donna Reed. That's just quite something to know that Philip Van Dorn Stern was born here in Wyalusing, and it was his story that inspired the film that is now this classic. So Tunkhannock's Dietrich Theater will offer three screenings tomorrow. That's Wednesday, December 21st at 2, 7, and 8. Free admission with free popcorn and soda. Seating is first come, first served. And it really is a tradition in Tunkhannock, if not Tunkhannock as a model somewhere in Philip Van Dorn Stern's psyche, at least the model of a small town like Tunkhannock is somehow resonating with those who are from Tunkhannock, from Wyoming County, who attend the performance. But everyone 
is invited to celebrate the holiday season with these free screenings at the Dietrich Theater tomorrow at 2 in the afternoon and then again 7 and 8 p.m. For more information on the web, dietrichtheater.com, dietrichtheater.com, D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H, theater, T-H-E-A-T-E-R, dot com.